0: Waiting, waiting and we are one, two, three we're live. We are live with Jeff Mead, none other the man, the myth, the old school class winner at Chanka. <clears throat> so tonight we're following up on my conversation from last night talking about how BMX prices have gone up, and we're com- going to compare BMX prices, both like current and the most up to date, to different types of bikes and the prices that exist there. Jeff Mead has some credentials in order to be qualified to have this conversation more than I am. I'm pretty much facilitating this, and he's going to like steer the boat because. Why do you have those credentials? Uh,
1: I've been working in bike shops since 2004. I am 35 years old, and I really haven't had a job that hasn't been outside of the bike
0: industry in a long time. So basically, Jeff Mead's bicycle shop experience is an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Three years from being old enough to drink. So, (laughs) I guess, I mean, it makes sense to start at frames for the person who's gonna watch this and not care about the rest of it and just be like, all right, get to the good stuff. So I figured it makes sense to, you know, just jump into looking at frames. So Sunday makes frames. They have current up-to-date pricing on their website. For example, there's a couple different classes of frames. That they sell so we'll take a look the dark wave is brock rayford's signature frame which is not 41 thermal the sound wave is their like high end top of the line frame which is 41 thermal and that's where the price distinction comes in here mainly because sound wave has lifetime warranty dark wave does not dark wave is 410 dollars which is what the Soundwave used to cost before the price hike. Soundwave is now $540. Now, Jeff, if we were going to take a look at a frame of a different type of bike, what would we look at to compare?
1: Uh, I mean, like there's, in the industry, I mean, they still make mountain bikes out of steel and use pretty similar technology.
0: Okay. Well, I just realized that we were, I remember, I said we should probably go through the supply chain of a bicycle frame or part being made and how things go before we get into all of this. So we should do that real quick too. So what I think some people miss in this conversation, and I went over this last night, is just the fact that, that there are very many hands going into making most bike frames. The people like Mike Laird or uh, John Quartz who are like the only person in the process other, like when it comes to actually welding and building the frame are very rare in comparison to the rest of the bicycle and BMX industry. So when it comes to making just a frame, for example, we've got to have the design process. We've got to have the prototyping process. We've got to have paint. We've got to have tubing be manufactured not only that but we have to have the raw material pulled out of the ground transformed into a material that we can work with chromoly is chromoly like an alloy like is it multiple different
1: things yeah that's what the 4130 is the 4130 is the heat treated code for the tubing
0: so Chromali has multiple different materials that have to come out of the ground, then be put together. Then you've gotta have that material put into the shape of a tube. And then that tubing gets to be cut. And then that gets ended up welded. In the case of like your head tube and your bottom bracket tube, that is machined. Then there's heat treating we said paint already but then there's graphics there's,
1: there's, pre, there's pre and post heat treating
0: there's that too which the 41 thermal process that i mentioned is like that so then there's the decals that have to be designed then they have to be printed then What else is there? I mean... Packaging, boxing. Packaging and boxing, which has to also be designed, that has to be sourced, it has to be created. And in all of these processes, anytime that something doesn't happen under the same roof, shipping gets involved so you gotta ship the you gotta pull the raw materials out of the ground then those get taken somewhere then that when it gets turned into something gets taken somewhere else to probably get made into the tubing because i doubt that the tubing is formed into tubing in the same place that the chromoly is made into a metal
1: and then the process of during shipping you may lose some of those materials as well you know, yeah. You order a thousand pieces of chromoly tubing, and then you're probably going to get nine hundred x amount that are going to actually pass the inspection to be welded and bent because
0: they're not going to be perfect. In- Which, in you're building a bike frame, and for safety's sake, it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be within a certain spec. Most anything that's made and manufactured and has a spec.
1: we also considering products like consistency. Yeah. You know what I mean? But with complete bikes, they can throw that asterisk of subject due to change without notice. Right. But when it comes to putting the parts that are putting those bikes together, those have to be quality checked. They have to be overseen, paint, you know, like stems, like they're packaging, a little warranty card that you get. Somebody has to design that and type it all out.
0: Printed it. And so the whole point of that long drawn out thing that goes from this raw material in the ground and materials that get made into the thing that ends up being your bmx frame is that there's many many hands and many steps to bicycle parts being made and many different things that contribute to the price that you pay for said bike part and that brings us to where we're at now talking about a bmx frame versus another type of frame so first let's go like most comparable what's the most comparable like other type of bike frame to a bmx frame
1: It would probably be just a chromoly mountain bike frame
0: so what would i what would i look to find one
1: uh i mean uh, surly surly
0: uh
1: surly bicycles i mean almost their entire lineup is made out of
0: so let's see surly yeah. bikes bikes they, they got a bunch
1: of i mean that would be like the if an adult's looking for a bmx feeling or quality bike but wants bigger wheels or just to get around it's usually this is really a great place to start it.
0: so it looks like you can't uh get just a frame on their website
1: uh they know they have frame sets available because it's usually a frame and four combination
0: oh okay hold on a second here F- i see fork I see handlebars for some reason, I'm not seeing frame. Maybe I just need to go back to my Google search. Uh, Surly Steamroller on Jensen USA. Is that something that I could look at? Yeah,
1: that's like their uh, fixed gear, single speed, you know, like uh, build it any way you want to bike.
0: Well, that for the frame and fork is $600. Sure is. So in comparison to a BMX part that's actually lower because a fork today is like 175 bucks, add that onto the 500 bucks and you're almost at, you know, around 200 or $700. Cross check is that one?
1: Yep, Same thing. Just, a uh, you can build it any way you want to. It's just like a drop bar gravel touring bike.
0: So that one's $700 for the frame and fork. So it's pretty comparable, actually, in that case.
1: Well, they're made out of the same stuff. You know? Right. So it's chromoly tubing. It's probably double-budded. You know, that's uh, they're built pretty simply to handle using a range of parts to build it any way that you want to. Right. You
0: know, it's when
1: you start getting into, like, really specified kind of things that you start to see that price hike because of the tech involved with building that particular.
0: Right. So, so the reason I wanted to do this conversation in the first place is mainly because when you have this conversation about comparing BMX stuff to like mountain bike stuff, it is usually someone saying, oh my gosh, it's way more expensive for a mountain bike anything compared to BMX. And I guess that's not always the case. This looks to have like less technology in it than uh, than a BMX frame. I mean, it doesn't have an integrated headset on it, which is that something that you could even compare like bearing wise?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of like another chromoly.
0: What about range. a DJ frame? Yeah.
1: See, a lot of MTBs have the press-in style headsets because of different fork combinations.
0: Ah, uh, I see. Uh, like
1: my mountain bike, is a, it's made by a company called Nordist, and pretty much I get to choose what kind of headset to press into there right. to choose different steer tube widths. You know, if, if I want to be basic with a rigid fork, or if I want to put a new, you know, come out recent technology suspension fork on the front, it's meant so you can choose a particular part to put in there. Right. That's also gonna price hike you too, because on a BMX bike you could just throw a thirty dollar headset in there and you know your bar spinning later that day. On a mountain right. bike you have to pick and choose, you know, sometimes you have to order the top separate from the bottom part of the headset. The uh, quality and you know it's like uh like profile yeah you know, be like you could order two different parts of a headset if they I made. Mean, i was going to compare it to chris king um, but like chris King, you could order two different you know cnc made in america lifetime warranty headset cups to accommodate whatever fork you want to put on one of those bikes
0: well so this makes my mind go to like a dirt jumper because i feel like a dirt jumper is something that is pretty comparable technology wise at a certain level, because I think you could get a dirt jumper frame that is like almost the same thing as a BMX frame, just with a little bit different of a shape.
1: Yeah, and but then you're also going to get into mixed materials. Like a lot of them are aluminum, and then there are a handful that are chromoly.
0: So what could I type in either way to take a look?
1: I'm trying to think of like uh, I think a D, D-I-E-T-Y.
0: Oh, diet. So, yeah, they don't make. Uh, I
1: think they used to.
0: Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to find pricing that way though.
1: Also, well, so I got you on the phone in front of me, so I can't like
0: sit right. through. Yeah, deity quit oh, making. Uh,
1: specialized. Specialized has the uh, the P three. I'm not sure what number they're on yet, but it's P3 like the
0: dirt jumper frame specialized p okay here we go so this is a good good thing to look at here so this is seven hundred dollars for this frame it looks like it's got a bit more technology built into it but it is aluminum it's got fully butted tubing that is tapered uh the bottom bracket says pf 30 i don't know what all this stuff means
1: it means press fit that's a press fit bottom bracket so it it's a mountain bike MTV bottom bracket that's kind of adapted off of BMX tech.
0: Gotcha. So...
1: Right in there, it's actually in a cup that it's meant for different sets of cranks with different spindle widths. So you can kind of pick and choose what kind of cranks you want to run. But it runs off of the PF30 design.
0: Gotcha. So we're looking at $700 for this frame. It's... <laughs> Is it even, is it comparable, do you think?
1: Oh, uh, if it's a chromoly one, yeah.
0: It's uh, aluminum.
1: Yeah, most like I said, this is, uh, dirt jumpers are tricky because there's a lot of uh, mixed material
0: bikes. So the the moral of the story is it's not as simple as just saying it can be compared. Maybe we should just look at, like, complete bikes too, because it might get too into the weeds.
1: Uh, radio Bikes has a handful of dirt jumpers.
0: Radio. they actually
1: have a pretty good mixed uh, uh, like their lineup is pretty mixed. Like I'm pretty sure they have some race BMX bikes, some freestyle ones, but then they also do dirt jumpers and I think a couple of cruisers too.
0: Nice. Is aluminum a cheaper material to use? Apparently,
1: not really. Depending on the, it's just like chromoly, like hydroforming involved, which means that they take the aluminum tubing and put it in a hot oil press and heat up the oil and shape it a certain way, like we the people does, to avoid using too many gussets.
0: I see. So I wonder if aluminum, as far, so you're saying like the actual process, but I wonder if a as a material itself, if it's cheaper.
1: Well, then, just like stems, we've got two different forms of aluminum to think about. You know, there's 6,000 and 7,000 series aluminum. Right. So Seven. They usually use for smaller, you know, hard goods, but and usually most of the aluminum frames are going to be a 6,000 series aluminum. And the price of all these things changes all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you can wake up one morning and the price of aluminum will go up 50 cents per, you know, however pound or however they use it. Same thing with chromolids.
0: I'm going to Google it because why the hell not? So, I have no idea how to even. This is a, such a nuanced discussion. It's insane. So, well, there, I mean,
1: there's like a lot of factors in manufacturing, especially when you jump styles of bikes.
0: Right. Chromali price per pound. Yeah, I don't think we can compare these prices as far as like chromoly versus aluminum because we don't...
1: Uh, I forget how much they were, but S M had them mountain uh, by a company. Uh, i trying to think of the name of it right now. It's in my mind a little bit. Um, but they made a chromoly dirt jumper frame, and they made a chromoly full suspension
0: dirt jumper frame. Oh, uh, what's the... Shoot. Airborne.
1: Uh, no, Airborne's an aluminum company.
0: Well, I'm they have... Airborne bikes—they have a chromoly complete DJ and they have a aluminum complete DJ. So the Crowhawk, but the difference is in the components on it too. The Crowhawk is the chromoly one and it's eight hundred dollars. The Skyhawk is a uh, aluminum. Actually, I think that bike's like way better
1: yeah because usually the chrome ollie bikes they try to keep basic to keep the price down and make them durable yeah and not. aluminum bikes will get specced with way nicer componentry to try to keep the weight down and make them more versatile
0: right versatile that's interesting oh you should look up layered frame and see the price difference he charges for dirt jump frames there we go
1: I believe I mean because you're also using more tubing on that bike. He has to render different dropouts for those bikes He has to take in consideration where the disc brake tabs need to be and how big the rotor
0: needs to be. It adds 50 bucks So There's that So vert 450 versus 500 so I mean This is such a nuanced discussion. I think we're gonna keep finding that the Radio Griffin 26-inch Dirt Jump Complete is $1,099. I wonder if there's a good website where I could just see all. Complete Dirt Jumper.
1: I use the Google.
0: I'm Googling. I'm using it. Dan's Compasm. Ooh, 2021 MTB Dirt Jump Buyer's Guide. This will help okay well there's a lot of questions even here so there's a haro that's nine hundred dollars plus oh
1: well, yeah haro has a handful of dirt jumpers they even have like a slope style like.
0: yeah a base model with a suspension fork starts at six hundred dollars next which is obviously so that says something in itself the base model dirt jumper from haro is double the price of a base model BMX complete? Yeah,
1: because I mean, first of all, it's probably got a disc brake on it, whether it be mechanical or hydro. You know, a U u-brake costs dr- drastically less amount of tooling and processing to forge and or make. You know, what I mean, some of the other tech that's attached to that bike is going to make the base model be way more than say, like a kink gap.
0: Right so it totally makes sense being that you worked in the industry for as long as you did were margins similar between these two between like uh, other stuff and BMX stuff
1: yeah usually bikes all share this, uh, just about the same margin depending on who you ordered it from and how many you ordered it for, like, from them well,
0: that's where we you should know, have started <laughs> because that tells you in itself if the margins are the same then that means that mountain bikes, like the, basically I think what people kind of hint at in this conversation is that mountain bikes are more because they're mountain bikes and that they're probably making more money and doing better.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, only because like, if you start from the concept of somebody drawing something on a napkin and then the process tool, it goes to finalization, like the bike built in front of you. You know I mean? You have to spend a lot more time on the mountain bike because the industry standards for those bikes change almost every couple of years. Yeah. you so have been using the mid-bottom bracket on a BMX bike since Crandall and Moeller agreed on it at an interbike in like 2008 or something like that. That's when
0: it became an industry standard. Yeah. And well, basically. mountain biking, there's 70
1: different kinds of bottom brackets. There's different tools to put all those bottom brackets in and out. You know, they're the how well they accommodate different brands of pranks. You know, it's uh, there's a lot more going on to take into consideration when you sit down and draw these bikes up.
0: Right. So, but what I'm getting at, and Chris in the chat gives a good point. What's up, Stony? Uh, Taco Slurpees. Montana Ricky's in the chat as well. Uh, Jason Taylor. Uh, what I was getting at though is like. The, the margin what you would see being the person who works at the bike shop, you see what the shop pays. Then you see what the customer pays. And if the margins are similar on other bicycle types and BMX types, it means that everybody's making the same percentages on the parts. It's not like BMX is making... X amount of money off of BMX bikes, then mountain bikers are making five times that on mountain bikes. They might be making more dollars, but they're not making more percentage points, which is how these things are looked at in the business world. They're looking at percentages, not it's dollars.
1: That, it's also something that they take into consideration with the build. You know what I mean? Like how much does it cost us to make this bike? Is this profitable to even make? Yeah. So you, know, you have a handful of riders out there, like if you look in the trials mountain biking world, some of those dudes are riding like modified trials bikes that the brand itself doesn't even make. It's just a one off for the rider to keep him as an advertising tool. Yeah. yeah. Then you then you get down to like, oh well it's gonna cost us too much money to physically make that bike. So we'll do a one off for the rider to get exposure for the brand and then you know either abandon it or wait till it becomes popular enough to make it worth it. That's why everybody was super, like, there's a lot of brands that won't make a fat bike, like a fat tire bike, because they think that it's a trend that's just going to go away and they don't want to waste time, materials, money, warranty, having to hold on to a handful of those parts to, you know, somebody cracks one later down the road or, you know, a lot of that stuff's, you know, taken into consideration when uh, they need to build these things.
0: Yeah, and it's you're totally. It totally makes sense there. I think it might be uh, a lot of people. I think it might just end up being a moot point because if mountain bike company is making the same percentage off of their bike that BMX company is making off of their bike,
1: they wouldn't make half of their bikes. It, you know, like the point of the margin is that like they build a bike. With the next amount of price involved, so that margin is higher for a higher-priced bike. Like there are like not every you're not making ten dollars off of every bike that's in the store. You know what I mean? That means all the bikes would be the same price.
0: Right. Well, damn it, it's so hard to explain what I'm trying to say, because these bikes, like a mountain bike, doesn't cost a hundred dollars to make. I'm not saying BMX bikes do. I'm just saying in general, like. BMX. Let's just say BMX bike, hundred dollars, Walmart bike, whatever. Hundred dollars to make this bike. They need to make a certain percentage for it to be worth making the bike. Mountain. So, if that percentage that is the same between BMX and mountain bikes, then there's like a BMX company could spend more money to make a mountain bike sell it for the same percentage and still, like, if they have similar margins, then it's still the same. That's what
1: Eastern did. You know, Eastern had the handful of, like, dirt jumping bikes. They had their own separate, you know, catalog for it even, I think, for a couple of years. And then, you know, once, you know, the, I'm sure, I mean, I can't speak for Eastern, but, you know, whatever goes on over there. But, you know, now they, I think they just have one. I think it's just a frame set. Yeah. also making sure that you have the clientele to want to purchase that bike.
0: Right, so I think it's, I think there's an impression that mountain bikes, mountain biking does better than BMX, which it obviously does. And I think that it is because of the amount of people, there's more people who are buying mountain bikes, which makes them naturally do that. They spend more money to make the bike so it sells for more money because they have to make the money back to make it worth it and it ends up being they're making more they're spending more to make more and selling more which means they make more money mm-hmm. that being said let's just continue with this let's look at panel bars. i'm not going to go through every single bike part just a couple of them so handlebars are anywhere from 80 to $95 from Sunday. Actually they're $70, but I don't know if those are just not updated yet. What do I look at for a mountain bike or another type of bike bar?
1: Well, now we're mixing materials again. You know, like there's chromoly MTB bars, there's carbon MTB bars, there's aluminum Yep. Yeah, so if you want to compare it to another chromoly handlebar, then we kind of have to stay in the dirt jumper round, because they're the guys that want those usually the most.
0: So what would I type in to find a chromoly dirt jumper bar? Deity high side 760 handlebar. What is this? Does it say? Slope style. Thanks for the ad don't care uh does i can't
1: unfortunately i got my phone on a tripod
0: right no it's no worries i mean this is why i'm here i'm doing it chromoly bars jnr bicycles what blows my damn mind is the seeing some of the prices those damn kids spend on scooters these days
1: That's actually a funny conversation too because I feel like the simplicity of the manufacturing process of building a scooter is drastically less than coming up with anything for a BMX thing.
0: So is that a more proper comparison to make?
1: Uh, I feel like you'd be pushing the seesaw in the other direction is that now we're looking at oversimplified and also a, a trend you know what I mean? Like a lot of people are willing to pay for this because they want the instant satisfaction and the cool factor of staying on top of their sport.
0: That makes sense. I can't find any Chromaly handlebars. Literally, it's not even a category.
1: Um, Chromag? Chromag should. Uh, I can list off a handful of carbon fiber handlebars right now. Uh, Chromaly, like MTB by Surly, I know it has a couple, but they look like uh, clunker bars. They're like two piece high rise chromoly handlebars
0: well either way what i'm seeing here sixty dollars eighty dollars forty dollars so like prices on handlebars are actually like somewhat comparable and sometimes cheaper depending on what you're getting
1: well it's also the materials that they're made out of like a regular chromoly but you know a handlebar that would come on like a hundred dollar walmart bike you know those are still made out of steel i mean it'd probably be high ten it wouldn't be chromoly yeah um, but then you go into like actual high-end, like slope style guys, like high rise, wide width, you know, chromoly handlebar. You're probably looking at probably around a hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe twenty,
1: maybe ninety, maybe eighty. You know, it's like
0: yeah. So the point I was making about comparing scooter stuff to BMX stuff was that the simplicity in how it's designed and made makes it cheaper to make but they sell it for more money which means that they're making more of a margin which means they're making more money you know what i'm saying
1: yeah of course which and is and like i think i wouldn't be as educated on because i have no idea what the scooter industry is like for that
0: well what i'm saying is that i think that that's what people think is going on with mountain bikes but but from you, what you're saying and from the conversation we're having, that's not the case with mountain bikes. They still have similar margins because their stuff, there's a reason that their stuff costs as much as it does versus yeah. when you look at a scooter part, it's more than likely got a higher margin on it because of the fact that it's simpler to make, which means they're making more money and scootering ends up doing better than BMX companies would because they're able to make more margin and make more money off of the same investment
1: I mean I can't, I can't we can't
0: we're speculating.
1: we're speculating we're who speculating knows, who knows what that is you know what I mean like it being its own industry and not being part of the bike industry I, I don't really know what the general markup percentage is on scooter stuff
0: yeah I don't either we're speculating you know, it's, it's
1: like looking outside of an industry that like we're kind of it, like using the bike industry as our centerpiece here
0: yeah i'm i mean, like, I'm totally a speculating it's like
1: comparing car parts you know it's like you know, what, you know uh aluminum wheels compared to steel wheels on a performance vehicle right i have no idea what the margin is on that cuz it's you know not really part of the bike industry
0: mountain bars holy crap 180 dollars oh yeah what are they i'm sure they're carbon yeah they're carbon mm-hmm. so i wonder if there's a 180 bmx freestyle bars i doubt it
1: i know the uh, those viking titanium bars are pretty high in price but i don't know the european to uh, England, uh, American exchange rate. Um, but I do remember looking those up because I was curious to have Thai bars on my bike. And those seem to be one of the most expensive bars I've seen.
0: Well, let's just check it. And out.
1: Some of the flatland bars are actually pretty high up there, too. When you get to a multi piece, yes. easy, standover small, you know, uh, clamping area, you know, for step through tricks, you're also going to get into a handlebar that somebody spent a lot more time trying to figure out the geometry on to make it that price. And then also the wells and the manufacturing process, and the tubing, bending, you know, to make a bar that's not as simple as a two-piece
0: Makes sense. I cannot seem to find...
1: Or even those KHE bars that had the stem built in. I feel like that was kind of a nightmare for a manufacturing process. And I also noticed that they didn't last very long.
0: Ricky Veronic, I think, rides those, unless they're a custom that he had made. I can't find the price on these Handlebars, they're all out of stock and it doesn't show price Oh
1: 299
0: euros $324, holy crap So there are BMX bars that cost more than that, okay?
1: What bars did you did you find? The
0: Viking ones. They're three hundred. Okay,
1: that's good. I remember looking those up and being like, "Wow, that is a lot, especially with the exchange rate involved."
0: Right. That's three hundred twenty-five dollars. About. Okay. It's crazy. What do we want to look at?
1: He's doing cool stuff over there. I like that Viking stuff. I wish uh, oh, there was rad. a distributor for them
0: it's definitely rad. I'm not complaining at all. I was just saying like, holy crap, because it's like a sticker shock. But I mean, you get what you have to charge what you have to charge. He was
1: smaller, making a much higher end product. Yeah. So he has, it's like the RNC cranks. You know what I mean? If that's one guy doing all that, the process of seeing and seeing and making that high quality of product is, you know, needs to, you know, uh, a smaller business has to factor in a different margin for small batch products to be made
0: it's like art at that point you own, you have to look at the time it takes you to make this thing
1: well that that's like a separation in the industry you have handcrafted mixed in with mass produced
0: right yeah
1: you know? so I like to the comparison to the bike shop it's like you can spend x amount of money on any hobby if you get into cameras you'll spend more than a mountain bike's worth of money on a camera lens.
0: You definitely can. So let's talk about cranks. $200 for Odyssey Thunderbolt cranks. The other one that's comparable is the Caliber V2 cranks. Those are normal 48 spline, three-piece. How,
1: how about we can compare TIE at this moment. Look at the price of the RNC titanium cranks and then look up Kane Creek's titanium cranks. like RNC cranks I think uh they were like 420. Yeah. Uh, look, look up the price of the Cane Creek titanium cranks. E-wings? I think so, E-wings.
0: Yeah. Uh oh E-wing, yeah. Uh E-wing is $1099, but if you take a look
1: weld- and those are welded, those aren't even CNC.
0: Right. Uh so let's take a look the RNC Titanium Mountain Bike cranks are 899. Well, there so there's that. Does that tell you that the margin might be bigger on these Cane Creek ones?
1: Uh possibly cuz they're also more mass produced. You know what I mean? It's not a hand, Like this is again comparing handcrafted to uh,
0: manufactured. Interesting. It's an interest, interesting thing to look at. Wow, I can't talk. Just got an RNC, very expensive from Canada, hand-made craft art. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, i compared to like I just spent a hundred dollars, just under a hundred dollars on a stem that was small batch made by a uh, And I, you know, at the same time I could have gotten a $30 Sunday stem that has the same amount of rise
0: on it. Right. You're absolutely right. And it all just comes back to the same conversation of margins and how much it costs to make something versus
1: and what your customer is looking to get. You know what I mean? Like, you have to take in consideration a lot of these brands are trying to meet certain price points to accommodate their customer basis. Now that's why you could buy a $40 BMX stem, but you could also go to profile and get, you know, an uh, $80 CNC 7075 aluminum stem with tie bolts. You know, the, the demand has to also be there to start the manufacturing process to deliver that kind of product to the customer.
0: Yeah, so, the the moral of the story is it's not as simple as just saying mountain bikes are way more expensive than BMX bikes, and that they're making way more money because whatever.
1: We can actually even compare another twenty-inch wheel bicycle I have. What do you mean? So I have a mini velo. What does that mean? Which uh, it's a twenty-inch wheel. I can't probably see a touring bike. I'm so I sure should look I that up. Here.
0: Mini Velo frame. I have no now, idea what I'm You think.
1: Look at the Velo orange. I'm not sure if I can turn my...
0: There I we go. It.
1: So this guy's chromoly, 20-inch fork, you know, larger head tube. This is pretty much an adult bike, but with 20-inch wheels on it this frame and fork I think retails for like 800 bucks
0: I can't find it Velo orange Uh, the. Velo
1: orange uh, Neutrino
0: Neutrino mini vel 820 this okay this is a comparison we can make (laughs) this finally feels something like something we can actually break down so 825 for frame and fork when you look at all of the stuff that is on this frame that makes it more complex to make than a BMX frame.
1: I mean, we have eyelids for racks on here. I mean, it's still a in style headset. Um, the steer tube is almost, I'd say a little over a foot and a half long yeah. to accomplish getting yourself upright. Water bottle cage bolts. You have shaping in the back with chain tensioners built into the dropouts, so you can slide the wheel and add tension to a chain if you want to make it single speed. I do am not. Man. Shout out to Montana Ricky if he's still in there because this thing's got mirror battleship rims and some theory tires on there. But
0: that's fun. Um, cool.
1: But yeah, this is definitely it's chromoly. It's I'm pretty sure double butted tubing, so it's pretty close to a regular yeah. BMX frame. But the manufacturing process to build this thing is a lot more. And it's a niche bike.
0: So, if you compare it to something like the SM's and Sundays, which have already raised their prices, it's not far off. It's really not, because the fork is obviously, if you bought the fork by itself, more... Wait, can we just look at the fork by itself? Is that it impossible? It doesn't look like it. I can,
1: uh, I can give you a close-up of mine
0: Well, I mean price wise to just buy it, but it's yes just
1: like a regular. It's a hundred millimeter You know pretty much dropout for an MTB up spacing wise, you know Other than that, I'm pretty sure the fork on this is just straight gauge tubing I'm pretty sure the fork is embedded in any way shape or form so you these know, things
0: are like comparable but not comparable and their price is is not far off from what you'd pay for a complete or not complete a bmx chromoly frame and fork because today if you bought a chromoly frame from sunday or sm which has already got uh, they're ahead on uh raising their prices around 500 to 540 dollars. the fork is about 200 so you're a little bit less but then you look at all of the extra stuff that is in this frame, it's not far off. It's interesting.
1: No, price points, I mean, across the border, or I mean like the price of materials has gone up and the fact that, you know, they haven't had a whole lot of people to fill in the manufacturing process overseas because of the pandemic that we're
0: still Shipping.
1: shipping. I mean, now that there's such a high demand, especially for bicycles, the fact that, you know, if you have four guys running, theoretically, if you had four people running a shipping department, you can give them all the overtime that you want, the product's still not gonna get out there until you hire, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh guy. yeah, Because of demand for a lot of these products right now. And then those guys, you know, they don't grow on trees. They have to have their CDLs, you know what I mean? They have to have the time and the scheduling to do it. They, you know, they're, accidents like you know uh, there is actually this is a joke in the shop there is actually a shipping boat and then they joke about you know oh it's showing up on the slow boat the slow boat actually does exist because it's a shipping method to send a boat going at a slower speed to use less fuel to make it more affordable to get our products here at a later date
0: that's interesting and an option that people probably do uh
1: but they also have the dudes that are just spending a limited amount of money on fuel to get that stuff here as fast as we possibly can.
0: Right. Uh, somebody asked a cool question. Are the price for a 26-inch tire substantially more than a 20-inch tire? What's a, Absolutely. What's a good 26-inch tire to look up to compare those?
1: Uh, Maxxis. Maxxis has the hook part. I mean, like, tires are weird because there's such a broad range.
0: Exactly. You know, you so just yeah. generic, decent,
1: well, probably look at anything by kenda would probably give you your base level price point
0: trying to find websites that would be good to look at these things jesus that website is awful say kenda or maxis would probably give you a good uh, jump into that you know jumping around with prices i'm just trying to find a website that shows <laughs> it's just hard there's max 24 inch tires maxis 24 inch here's what jeff was talking about difference wise commuter fat bike uh plus tires then just 26 inch tires like a fat bike tire is 115 dollars for the one that's on here
1: you know tire tires are one of those things just imagine how much money you would want to spend on a tire like i've had customers at the bike shop being like these tires that you just sold that person on their bike cost more than my car tires too
0: yeah absolutely and that's definitely true you can see it right here so
1: and and tires are a really tough thing to manufacture because you need molds those molds cost money you can use them for x amount of time before you need to either revamp them or they fade away from popularity you know what i mean like there's a lot of companies that get kind of effed with the whole tire manufacturing process and i i worked for a company that actually went chapter 11 who tried to make tires with uh it was called sweet skins. They tried to make a reflective, colorful pattern oh, tire. Yeah. And uh you know, they, they wound up, you know, not investing enough in molds, not printing it on a higher higher quality enough tire. And it, you know, it went full circle and they because of it.
0: Yep. Alright, so I'm just gonna do some quick math here. I'm gonna do quickly. 20. Okay, so what I'm seeing is about $60 for normal 26-inch tires, 45 to 60. There's one for 40. Um, then when you look at BMX tires, I mean, we all know how much BMX tires cost, but Well, well
1: BMX tires can be, you know, 30 bucks. Like, I, I've been... So I, even from working at a shop and having access to distributors to order stuff, I still... I'm, I'm a die-hard demolition tire fan. You know, I've got other tires on other bikes here. I, I mean, I've used a thousand different tires, but I've been just ordering demolition tires from Powers Bike Shop pretty much. Yeah. And the tires tires are 30 bucks a piece. So two tires at 30 bucks a piece at 60 probably cost me another 10 to 15 bucks in shipping to get them here. I'm looking at 75 bucks to get a new rubber on my bike.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... 26 isn't really used in MTB anymore, though, except downhill. So I should be looking at different tires?
1: Actually, no, 26 is still used broadly because, I mean, almost every bike that you could pick up at Dick Sporting Goods or Walmart or, oh, yeah. or something like that are all still 27 and a half is probably the more popular comparable size, but it doesn't mean, to, and you got to remember that there's still a backlog of the last hundred years of us using 26-inch wheels. Right. So 26, those tires aren't going away anytime soon.
0: Uh, so I guess they're about double the price, and then when you compare, let's see, let's see, let's see. So let's just say
1: 35. That's one thing the bike uh, BMX industry haven't had to suffer with is well we have 2022 20, and 24 we haven't had any oddball proprietary sizes that the industry needs to keep up with to you know, keep manufacturing because there's still a backlog of people owning that kind of bike.
0: Right. And when you break it down margin-wise, just with using the same number, it comes out to that they're just like a little bit more to make and that's why they end up costing more to buy buy them
1: how much rubber you have to use
0: right yep but that's i feel
1: like khe tires are still like are those over 100 bucks individually
0: i have no idea can you even buy i'm
1: trying to think of another like really high-end folding like
0: 65 dollars like like <laughs> 60 to 65 but then you got the shadow serpent tire which is 53 total bmx has a 50 dollars tire interesting this is interesting what i did see last night when i did the uh comparison between uh today's prices to 2020's prices to 2007's prices was that tires went up from 20 or from 2007 like the aiken which they still make which is a perfect example the exact same tire in 2007 was 16.99 then in 2020 it was 26.99 then in 2022 it's 36.99 now
1: there's also been a huge inflation of the price of rubber exactly
0: so that's what you're looking i mean that's what you're Seeing and, and in those,
1: and I believe that there's also two different versions of that Aiken tire now.
0: Well, now, the the folding is 46.99.
1: The folding's 40, but they also have a dirt and like a park version of that tire. So now they have invested in more molds to keep producing two different versions of a tire that had a higher demand. They're going to keep, you know, selling both of those tires. You know, the, so I mean, uh, I feel like that price point's kind of just spread out over the tech that involved the popularity of that
0: tire yeah it's a crazy conversation to have and i think we pretty much summed it up pretty quickly in that you can't really compare them other than just like the shock value of a price being way more just because obviously it costs more to make which means it costs more to buy than a bmx bike when it comes to stuff that costs more and that there are mountain bike, maybe not necessarily like a downhill full suspension bike that is comparable in price, but there are comparable mountain bikes to BMX bikes that are pretty close in price.
1: And and also another thing, how much tech have they put into that naked tire over the years? Is it lighter, is it faster, is it more durable? Does it have a grind protective casing? You know, making it folding is a totally different process. Like, a lot of that, those prices will go up because they've invested to put more technology or more thought process into each and one of those products as they've evolved over the last couple of years.
0: Yep. And yep. Just yep. This is a conversation that... It sucks that it's happening, but it's happening, and I just hope that BMX companies are setting themselves up a little bit better in it, because everybody talks about how bad BMX is doing, money-wise, whatever, and how we are starving, whatever. So in this price raise, give yourself a little bit more room you to work. It may not be with.
1: at a pinnacle moment in in my opinion. Uh, I can't see the comments either, so people can tear me apart for this. I feel like we're not in the darkest time ever. Yeah. But we have passed a little bit of a pinnacle and people are still comparing it to a pinnacle time of bike sales. Yeah. Like every shop that you'll talk to in northern New Jersey, they had the the record setting you know, time periods were like 2008, because there was a huge boom in cycling in 2008, so shops did really well, Yeah, and then just after COVID started, because it was cheaper to go repair your bike or go buy some bikes instead of trying to go on vacation to Disney. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, making something to do, especially when, like, everything was closed.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you're absolutely right with that. Just what I was getting at is that I'm hoping that BMX companies help themselves out a little bit more so they don't have to be as starving as uh, what everybody says they are when they're raising these prices. Because when a part hasn't changed, when the price of a part, when you compare like 2007 to 2020, has only gone up like $5. But then you look at everything else in the world that has gone up like a lot. It's because of things like BMX companies eating that price a little bit to try and keep things comparable. I just I hope we're helping ourselves.
1: And, and you know what there's it's also a great time for some small evolutions to happen in the sport. You know now we're gonna see guys taking on. I've been talking about this a lot recently but uh, I've been trying to accommodate as many small batch products on my bike, mm-hmm. like people who took on their own you know, standards or quality, what they want out of a product and making it themselves.
0: Yeah. You know, so, and that's a great way to have other brands, you know, catch on like,
1: oh, this person who made 60 of stems, you know what I mean, that are selling them like hotcakes and they can't keep up with their customers, What if we made a stem like that? You know, what if we invested and spend money on having a? I'm going to use Odyssey as an example here. You know what I want the most out of Odyssey? Their gyro cables to be made out of the same stuff their high end straight cables are made out of.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Pressureless that like if they use that cable housing on their gyro cables instead of really basic. Oh, yeah. We we would you know maybe we'd get a surge in people running gyros because now they don't have to sit at home and make their own gyro cables
0: yeah they're not all freaks like me
1: <laughs> but, i mean like i went through i've gone through several phases of, and done almost some of the same mods that you have i i just get frustrated with i hate working on a mod i mean yours are simplified and i and i get why you have them that
0: way yeah but
1: i i just kind of want to walk into a shop grab a gyro cable walk out to my bike and put it on there
0: Oh, and that's most people. Most people are that way.
1: Because I've had modified cables before and they've broken in some spots where I haven't been able to give it the attention. And then my bike's ability to perform is now drastically lower because I have I can't mod my bike without spending the time at home to make sure that mod goes perfectly freehand.
0: Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, let's let's hope things go well I want to end this conversation in comparison by saying that some things are comparable but most things are not comparable and that's why they cost more <laughs> and, and,
1: and also you're dealing with brands that are drastically smaller than you know there are people like everybody at kink everybody knows each other's name probably over at kink yeah you know what I mean? Like when you work for a larger bicycle manufacturer and you have, you know, sales reps and design guys and warranty guys, and, you know, you're dealing with a, a company that has 300 people on staff yeah. or more, you know, around the world. You know what I mean? Like those people need to get paid too off the product that they're creating for right. a demand that, you know, the consumer has. So right. it's also when you're dealing with you know it's like how much buying power does a small conglomerate have compared to a large conglomerate
0: right if i thought that
1: reflect that to keep food and the doors open in each one of those brands or else they disappear
0: right and i just thought of a better way to say what i've been trying to say if mountain bikes were as simple as bmx bikes they would probably cost a similar price and that's what i was trying to get at with the margin thing if a mountain bike was as simple to make and used a similar amount of material and didn't have all this crazy stuff in it, it would cost the same as the BMX bike because the margins are the same, essentially.
1: Or the process to reach that price point
0: would remain the same. Yeah.
1: Like you don't have to send somebody out to explain for technology to a bike shop You know what I mean? Where like Mm. Fox, introduces a new suspension fork and I have to take seminar classes (laughs) to learn the torques, you know, the newton meter torque specifications for each one of those bolts on that fork. I have to buy special tools to pull the internals out of it. You know, there's a lot more process involved. Mm. You know, it's a, no BMXer is gonna need to, minus having a sales rep show face or have a conversation. A catalog is enough to educate the entire bike shop on what technology is sitting in front of
0: them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So on that note, it's not as simple and as uh, black and white as it may be made out to be. And I hope that this conversation that went like this because of it. <laughs>
1: uh, hopefully, hopefully I helped make sense of this
0: yeah i think we got to a place where it's like yeah uh, it makes sense and when people say well you should look at a mountain bike i'm sure they understand that what they're saying and if they didn't maybe they will after this that being said did you see the story that i posted of the disco pick?
1: i did i actually screenshotted it
0: <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> That, that was,
1: I don't, I don't know if I was actually over at Sayerville and I was trying to look around to see if I could find something comparable to send one back to you with. But I uh, ran out of time and the, most of the skate parks that I get to ride are, are an hour plus away from me. So uh, I had to hustle to get back here for this.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was super difficult, but I made it happen.
1: You didn't slide
0: off of that at all, did you? No, I didn't slide it off of it all, but freaking keeping it balanced and not touching the front tire was tough. (sighs) All right, I'm going to jump off here. Thanks for the chat. Jeff, you're the man. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Go follow Jeff on Instagram. He does crazy bike tricks and has a new sponsor. Go find out what it is.